Good morning, people of God. Woo! What a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen? It's Look been a that. while since you've said that. I know! <laughs> We're already through winter. Last I heard uh, from the meteorologist on the news, they don't see anything coming our way. Which I, I immediately texted my father and I said, I feel like I got gypped. <laughs> I got to use my snowblower once. Well, you could, One time. You could still fire it's it going to look really awkward when I start doing everyone's yards or something. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. But uh, anywho, uh, we're so blessed to have you join us in worship this morning as well for those of you joining us online. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I don't know how the service is going to go because I'm exhausted. I did not sleep last night. I literally feel like I am a first-year pastor again, because it's been since Christmas Day that I have led worship or, or given a sermon. So when I was writing my sermon this week, I'm like, how do you do this again? Like, oh my gosh. You could have called Matt. He would. I know. I should have. <laughs> if I was smart, I would have wrangled Matthew in to give an amazing sermon today like he does. But uh, for those of you who don't remember me, my name is Pastor Dave Parker. (laughs) I know, it's been seven weeks. Wow. Uh, For those of you at home, uh, we will be having only communion today. So hopefully as you walked in, you received your communion cups. If you didn't, wave real quick. Or for those of you at home, grab some bread and some wine or grape juice following our time of confession later in the service. A couple announcements for this morning. Uh, First off, for the next few weeks, we are collecting twin sheets, twin blankets, and uh, men's toiletry toiletry items, because uh, for the Detroit Rescue Mission Ministries, I think I shared before Christmas, they had a fire that affected their building, and uh, they lost quite a bit, so we're just trying to help replenish their stock. So again, I think through like February 27th, maybe, we're collecting those items, so if you're out in a boat, go ahead and grab that stuff. Uh, next Sunday morning, we're having a pancake breakfast. Uh, so for those of you joining us at the 930 service, you're going to have to endure the smell of pancakes throughout the service. We'll just go, I'll be grumbling. I don't know what we'll do. Maybe we'll have pancakes for communion. I don't know what. We'll figure it out. Pancakes and syrup. Right? <laughs> uh, but uh, join us, uh, help celebrate and uh, support our Sunday school. Uh, and then also, on your way out today, Nancy, waving in the back there, has your contribution statements if you are a regular giver here at King of Kings. So uh, you can get those from her on your way out. If you don't get them today, if you're at home, uh, they'll be in your mailbox sometime this week. With all that said, let's do this. I invite you to stand as you are able and however you feel comfortable this morning. Let us share the peace of the Lord with each other. You can share the peace as well online. Type in that chat. that you would please remain standing. Now, um, since this is Pastor Dave's first Sunday back, we really, he has missed hearing your voices. He really has. And so we need you to sing extra loud, okay? Okay. 
Can you do that for us? Yeah, let's hear, let's hear your voice at least acknowledge that I'm speaking, okay? Can you do that for us? And you say, thank you very much, okay. Welcome back. We're so glad that you're here with us. Welcome back. We all know that you don't want to make a fuss. We're looking pretty much the same since and all that such. So we're so glad you know that we miss you much. And we're so glad God leads you. We're so glad God leads you. Back here where we need you. Where we love you a lot. We don't want to put you on the spot. Welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And now continuing with our regularly scheduled programming. Thank you, yes. Let us pray. Oh God. Help us to see and understand the things that we ought to. The things that we ought to do. And give us grace and power to do them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Now for the rust to come off. All right. Sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to start this morning off with a question for us to consider. When you think of God, what do you picture? What comes to mind when you think of God? Who is God? What does God look like in your mind, turn to your neighbor right now and share a thought or an image. If you're online, type in the chat. When you think of God, what comes to mind? Go. So what are some thoughts? What comes to mind? There's no wrong answers here. It's however you imagine or have imagined. Maybe you don't anymore, but... How do you picture God? What's that? Divine? Okay, divine. Okay, yep, like, like the stained glass pictures, right? Yeah, like God like that. How else? Old man, long beard, flowing robe. Old man, long beard, flowing robe. Okay, right. How else? Sunshine, rainbows. Sunset, right? Nature, right? Those awesome moments. We think of those. How else? A big smile. Awesome. Joy. The universe. Ooh, that's a big one, right? Right? So big we can't even fathom it. Woo! All right. More on that to come. We're going to come back to that in just a bit. Uh, Our Bible reading for this morning comes to us once again from the book of Matthew. It's a continuation of the previous couple of weeks. Uh, It's this sermon, the very first sermon that Jesus shares in the book of Matthew is the Sermon on the Mount. And that began a couple of weeks ago for us when he began talking about what we call the Beatitudes. Blessed be the poor, blessed be the hungry, 
Blessed be the prisoner, right? Blessed be those people who are down and out. That was two weeks ago. Last week, Jesus continued that sermon by talking about the importance of being salt, right? Salt of the earth or light to the world by spicing up life with our uniqueness and showing others how good God is by what we say and do, right? That's what it means to be salt, to flavor life, to be a light, a beacon, so that others might be drawn to God as well. Well, this week, Jesus goes deeper still, and yes, he is still in the same sermon. It takes us weeks to uncover one of Jesus' sermons. Apparently, there were some Pharisees and, and scribes, the religious leaders. They had shown up to hear what this Jesus had to say, and many thought he was kind of being soft. He wasn't focusing on the right things. He was being soft in what God commanded his people to do. He was focusing so much on forgiveness and love and grace that they wondered if it really mattered to Jesus at all that people followed the rules that were established by God through Moses and Abraham and the ancestors, the ones that they had been living by for hundreds of years. Well, there are a few verses between last week's reading and what I'm about to read to you where Jesus flats out tells the crowd and these Pharisees and scribes, I came here not to abolish or get rid of the laws, but to fulfill them, to make sure they are followed. And that's where we pick up our reading for today. And it's a doozy, so buckle up. We continue with uh, chapter 5, verse 21, where Jesus gets a little blunt and raw here. He says, you've heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So when you're offering your gift at the altar... If you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you're on the way to court with him, or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the very last penny. You've heard it said, or that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Goodness sakes. It's better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of unchastity causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely. But carry out the vows you've made to the Lord. But I say to you, don't swear at all, 
either by heaven, or, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the, his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. Whew, this is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God? <laughs> really? Whew. So now much of what we just read and heard is what we as Lutherans would call the law. You shall not. You ought not. You should not. The law says if you do bad, you're in trouble. The law says if you sin, you are guilty and the punishment must follow. Pluck that eye out. Cut that hand off. Face the judge. Rot in prison or be liable to the fires of hell. Wow. This is what I get to preach on on my first Sunday back. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm thinking this reading, along with a number of others from the Old Testament especially, are where people get the idea, when they think of God, they think of a judge. They think of a, a, a lawmaker. He makes and enforces the rules. God is one sitting in heaven with that perpetual finger raised, warning people and then pointing out when they do wrong. It's a picture of a God who is captured in that uh, wonderful, great American folk song. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or, or good. So be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out, right? As if God is some Santa-like figure who literally watches us day in and day out waiting for us to break the rules so that He can punish us. And at first glance, as... What Jesus says today from the book of Matthew seems to kind of back that up, doesn't it? Jesus lays out the law and names some of the penalties for disobeying that law. People have used these words throughout history to point their finger and lay enormous guilt and shame upon people who break them. But before we jump to conclusions and go down that terrible path, it's extremely important that we actually take a moment here and look at exactly what Jesus is saying. He starts by saying, you know that law. Hey, he starts with the Ten Commandments here. You know that law, you shall not murder. If you break it, you'll be punished. Well, I say to you, even if you're just angry at someone, you're guilty of breaking that law. Now, by show of hands out there this morning... How many of you have ever been angry at someone else? <sighs> okay. How many of you, uh, um, every time, were able to go and, and uh, make amends, like Jesus says? Leave your offering at the altar, go make amends before you end up going to court or whatever like that. How many of you, have, every time you've been angry at someone, have made it right really look quickly? Yeah, nice try. <laughs> Of course we haven't. Sometimes, I don't know if we like it or not, but we really like to hold on to that anger. They did us wrong. Well, today Jesus says you're guilty and you'll likely end up rotting in jail until every penny is paid. 
Then Jesus goes on to adultery, and I won't ask hands for this one. (laughs) But not just adultery. Jesus says, if you ever looked at someone and thought, he's handsome, or wow, she really is beautiful. If you've looked at anyone with that kind of lust, you might as well pluck your eye out, tear it out, throw it away, so that your whole body doesn't end up in hell. And if that wasn't making his point enough, he goes on to divorce and swearing. And he could have gone on for days with all the laws and the rules that were set up at that time. And here's where I so wish we could have been there in his presence for this sermon. Because all I hear from Jesus is this thick smearing of sarcasm. Because remember what's going on here. Who showed up? It's not just the people who came to hear and to be healed and cured. But it's also the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the scribes, those who cared more about the law than about people. And so he's making a point here. He says, you think these laws, these rules God has given you are so important and that they've been given to you so that you can point out and blame people, well then guess what? You're all guilty. Every single one of you. Because I know you all have been angry at someone before. Yep, you're guilty of murder too then. I know you all have looked at someone else. Yep, you're guilty of adultery too then. You hear what Jesus is saying here? There's not one of you, if it's all about the law, there's not one of you who's going to get out of this. You're all guilty if you're playing that game. The laws weren't set up to push people away, to kick people out, to shame and exclude and belittle. Jesus said that he came to make sure that they are fulfilled. But but here's what I don't get. Because that same Jesus who says, I didn't come to abolish the law but to fulfill them, also is the same Jesus who's curing and healing people on the Sabbath, which was against the law back then. He's the same Jesus who's, who's walking through the fields plucking grains when he wasn't supposed to so that people could eat. It's the same Jesus who steps in front of the woman who had committed adultery, which the law said, yep, you stoned that person. He's the one who stepped in front of and stopped that. He's all about breaking those laws. So, so which laws are, is he talking about here? Which ones did he come to fulfill? And I think he also tells us that as well. Jesus said, there are two commandments that are more important than every other law or rule. Love your God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Those are more important than the Ten Commandments, than every Levitical law that that society has. Love God, love each other, period. I came to fulfill that When I read this, I hear Jesus saying, stop pointing fingers at who's in and who's out, who's guilty and who's in the wrong. Because when you do that, you're choosing rules over the well-being of another person. You're choosing to care more about being right than you are about love and forgiveness. I've known far too many couples who keep track of all the wrongs that their spouse has done to them. Have you ever known a couple like that? Maybe you are one and... You don't want to tell me right now. That's fine. 
And you come flying back into the next argument and the next and the next with all the ammunition of all the wrongs that have ever been done to you by that other person, trying to prove who's more right, who's more wrong, who's more guilty. And the reality is, the guiltiest person doesn't go to hell. You're already in it. Is it better to be right or in relationship? I, I ask my sons that just about every single day. If I had a nickel for every time I've asked my kids that question, our church mortgage would be gone, right? Is it better to be right or in relationship. Because if you're only concerned about being right, about making other people see it your way, or, or what you feel is God's way, then Jesus says you might as well be locked away someone for a very long time, because that's not living. Now, is that to say we should throw away all the laws? No, of course not. But let's consider why we have laws. First, the law, laws, are meant to be a gift. That's right, a gift. And you're like, no way. When I got pulled over on Shaner the other day for speeding, it did, sure didn't feel like, oh, what an amazing gift. But I know every single one of you, if someone else is driving, you know, like recklessly or, or potential endangerment, you're all thinking it's a gift that that person gets pulled over, Amen. When you think of the Ten Commandments that Jesus keeps lifting up here, they were created as life's little instruction book, God's gift to help his people get more out of life. And speaking about the Ten Commandments, when they came to us in the the book of Exodus, it's important to note they were already given after God had already declared Israelites as his people. God already said, y'all are mine. (laughs) Here's some rules to play by. He didn't say, you've got to live by these rules and then you'll be my people. Do you hear the difference? Because we play by those other rules. We judge others on how Christian they are by how they follow the rules. The law isn't a means by which we become God's people or to earn God's love or to show that we are more devout than others but rather it's a gift given to us because God loves us and wants us to prosper. In looking at it this way, we follow the law, not because of the or else, not because God is that judge with that finger wagging, but because it leads us to a much better, more fulfilled life. Okay, so that's the first use of the law, if you will. The second is that it brings us together. It strengthens community. That's the intention of the law. All the time that Jesus uses the word you in our reading today, he means y'all, you plural. In other words, everyone, not just you specifically. The law isn't just about you and your needs. We have that twisted in America. We think we have laws to keep me having what I have. Laws are meant to create and sustain community in which all of God's people can find safety, health, and blessing. When you're only looking out for yourself, it's you against the world. When you look out for the needs of your community and they in turn start looking out for your needs, that's a beautiful thing. A silly little example of that. I love snow blowing. You know this. (laughs) 
I love snowblowing my entire neighborhood. Okay, I can't stop with just my, my driveway is always the last one that gets done. And I usually run out of gas and then I end up shoveling my driveway. But I just, I love taking the, like taking care of the needs of my neighbors. And it's just so fun because over the eight years that I've lived in the neighborhood, then we'll have neighbors stopping by and I, 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 Bill across the street came over and started shoveling my driveway the second time it snowed. And all of a sudden, we were taking care of each other's needs and and giving each other gifts. And it was just life-giving. When you care more about someone else's needs, it does reciprocate. Welcome to the law and how it's supposed to be used. When we use it to care and love one another, it comes back to do the same for us. I think Jesus takes these punishments to the extreme to prove that point. Of course, no judge would convict someone on adultery just because they looked at someone, right? I mean, that's absurd. But Jesus says the moment that you start looking at someone as an object instead of a person, I got a problem with that. Stop yourself by any means necessary. We're in this together. That's why Jesus says, you know what? It's more of, more than just you shall not murder. He says, even if you're angry with someone, go make things right. Because the reality is, if you've got broken relationships, and instead of trying to repair them, you say, you fool, or you're an idiot, or it's always your fault, then no, you aren't going to hell. You're in it. Doesn't it feel absolutely terrible when family relationships and friendships are wrecked? Every law that God shares, including the Ten Commandments, aren't meant to scare people with this big fat or else waiting at the end of it. They're meant to keep us from pain, from being hurt, from hurting others, and from being alone. The law is if God is saying, no, you can't keep everything for yourself. No, you can't hoard. No, you can't discriminate. No, you can't exclude or endanger someone else. No, you can't violate or exploit. No, you can't care more about a rule than about someone else's life because she's my daughter, because he's my son. And whether you like it or not, we're in this together. That's what being a part of God's family is, whether you like the person or not. So what's your picture of God? A judge? A a parent? Students staying with Martin Luther once asked him that very question, and he said, when I think of God, I think of a man dying on a cross. Because in the cross of Christ, we see God's love poured out for you and for the whole world where we are reminded once again that God will go to any and all lengths, even death, to share just how much God loves us and how he encourages us to love others the same way. Yes, the law is important, but God's love for us and for all of us is way more important still. Keep that in mind with the the future elections, the the future conversations, the politics that are going on in this country. When we start caring more about the issue than about the person, Jesus is coming to us saying, Hello! I'm not saying I have answers, but immigration, to say that that's a problem, is forgetting to think that there's people 
involved here. Homelessness is not a problem. Those are people. All the issues that we have are not just an issue. They are people. And it's good for us to remember as we're out and about this, this week, as we are experiencing and encountering life, as we're you know, getting in with, with colleagues and, and family and friends, is God calling you to be right or to be in relationship with people? Let that be the thought that enters into our minds. Even if people have done us wrong, is it better to hold on to that pain, that, that anger, that justice, or to be in relationship? It's not an easy walk. I'm not going to say, you know, you can do it like a, uh, the flip of a switch. It's a journey, by all means, but one that leads us to new life today and every day. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for this day that you've given us, for this gift to hear your word, even for a word that is challenging to hear, one that we may not want to hear, to remind us that we're guilty and the punishment is severe. And in the face of that, Lord, we can turn to you because you take that guilt from us. And give us a new opportunity to be more concerned about life than about law. So we ask you to open our eyes and our hearts this week into sharing and and living into all the ways that we can love one another instead of worrying about who's right or who's wrong, who's in and who's out, what side of anything that we're on. May we see each other as sisters and brothers each and every day. We pray for this. In your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. It's wonder and thanksgiving for Christ coming into the world. We pray now for the church, the, the life of the earth and the whole human family. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, please resp- respond by saying, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Merciful God, broaden the church's hospitality and welcome. Open our hearts to any in need of refuge and help, especially those who are persecuted. God of grace, hear our prayer. Life-giving God, restore the earth of the soil, the seas, and the air. Increase the joy and praise of all living things. In the coming years, strengthen local, national, and international efforts to prevent further harm to the environment. God of grace, Hear our prayer. Liberating God, deliver your people from cruel oppression. Increase justice in every nation and keep the dream of freedom alive. Bring the blessing of peace and put an end to violent conflict throughout the world. God of grace, hear our prayer. Uplifting God, raise all who are bowed down by trouble and those who are in need, especially those we name now either silently or out loud. Protect and nurture all children. Sustain those who parent, teach, and care for the young. God of grace, hear our prayer. Abiding God, increase our love for one another and the neighbors that we serve. Enrich our worship and deepen our faith 
Sustain our staff and pastors and all who minister in your name. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess all those times that we failed to live as God would have us live. And so I invite you to join our confession using the words on the, on, on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the growing of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And because of him, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to take out your communion kits, or your bread and wine or grape juice at home, as we prepare ourselves to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me, the body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this day and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, thank you for uh, all the ways that you continue to support our family of faith here at King of Kings, uh, especially financially. Uh, as you know, on your way out, there's some buckets there. We take our offering that way. For those of you online, there's a QR code at the end of worship today. Just know that every little bit adds up to the profound difference that we continue to make in our community and beyond. So thank you for all the ways you take part in that. Finally, may you, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. 
And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. You were waiting for me to mess up, weren't you? <laughs> I figured you practiced in the show. Mark winked morning. at me while I sang, and it's just like, yep, I'm waiting for you to miss the words up. Yep. Ah, got him. We're back. Woo! Uh, with that, I invite you to stand as you are able. Man. Woo! Yeah. People of God, may you have a, a safe Super Bowl tonight. May you get to where you need to be and be there safely. Uh, uh, may you have a, a blessed Valentine's. Uh, whether you have a partner or not, just know that God is there to love you as well. So with all that, people of God, may you go in peace and share that good news. Thanks be to God.